You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Jonna Summers. Hi. So, Jonna, tell me a little bit about yourself and what do you do professionally? Well, I have a day job, which is very boring. So, I actually... Huh? (laughs) Most day jobs are, for sure. Exactly. So, um, I prefer to talk about my fun job and that... I own a professional haunted attraction called Banshee Manor. And of course, this time of year, we are in full swing of getting everything ready, you know, getting all the costumes and props and and everything ready. Um, And so that's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, um, but it's it's really, really cool. And then I also, um, I don't make any money on it, but I did a podcast called buying ghost it's an actual full cast audio drama and it is about a family who um the lead of it is annie and she talks her husband into buying this old victorian home that is rumored to be haunted because she wants to turn it into a bed and breakfast and she wants to capitalize on the whole supernatural crowd people who are ghost hunters and paranormals you know activists and who want to come and check out this house Unfortunately, once they get in there, they find out that it is actually haunted and her and her family kind of have to figure out how to deal with it. So you you run a haunted house attraction. Correct. Correct. Um, It's actually, uh, we partner with a local family fun park and we take over a portion of their building and location. And it's, like I said, it's called Banshee Manor and it's a very story-driven haunted attraction. So it's a little bit different than most of them. What, how'd you decide to dive into this? Oh man, I've always loved Halloween. I've always loved scary movies and scary books. And um, whenever I was a kid, my, my sister's boyfriend, now husband of 40 years, um, and yes, I'm old, so I'm not your typical old lady. <laughs> you've, you've, you've had some experience so it's that's good yeah I mean I, I fell in love with haunted attractions as a kid um I've also done community theater some acting some improv I work with a local murder mystery um group and this is just perfect for me because it combines my love of Halloween and all of the creativity that goes into that as well as the business side of my brain um, and the logistics and financial and the marketing and everything else. So it's, for me, it's the perfect marriage between two different worlds. And about 10 years ago, I was like, you know, this, this dream's been popping around in my brain for, you know, a long time. Um, like I said, I'm old and, you know, kids are grown and gone and everything. And I was like, you know, why not do it now? And what's your belief on what's your belief on ghosts or hauntings? Do you believe that type of thing's real? I've actually had some experiences myself. So yes, I do believe it is real. What types of experiences have you had? Um, About 20 years ago, I was doing a play and we were doing rehearsal in um, 
in this this building because we couldn't move into our actual um the theater for you know a couple of weeks because they had other things going on so we were doing our rehearsals off site and there was a couple of weird things that happened but we just kind of uh you know we're just being silly you know and things like that the last night before we got ready to it was our last night in that building before we moved into the theater and we were leaving and there were several of us that had already come outside of the house we're standing there talking and um the director was closing the building up it was a house that's also used for meetings and stuff for anyhow that's a long story itself but anyway i um i noticed something that passed by the mirror the window in the second story and it was almost like a light or something and i was like well that's kind of odd and i turned around to see is there like a car coming um you know something that would explain that light that i saw and there was nothing and i turned back and i'm looking at that window again and i saw something and it wasn't just a light i saw something like almost a figure go past that window and just as i was about to say something one of the other girls saw it too and started screaming and we're like what the heck yeah for me what was that <laughs> For me, I try and be as open-minded as possible. Um, kind of listening a little bit more from history and just people's experiences with people. I've talked to multiple people that believe in supernatural, paranormal. Have a couple people that do podcasts on it. Uh -huh. I, I, I you know I've had a fair share of things I can't explain. You know, whether it was like a drink or something like I remember one time my mom chalked this up to a ghost uh, was a constant of like I had a drink on a table and it was standing straight up and down, you know, and it was full and it just randomly like we had candles lit in our house near some drapes at the time. And um, it randomly like my mom was asleep. I was asleep. We're both we kind of fell asleep watching a movie on like uh, two separate couches and um, this drink just fell and splashed me in the face. And I woke up and saw that the drapes, like I immediately my eyes pointed up and I saw the drapes were about to be lit on fire by these candles. Oh, wow. I was like, whoa. And then like, I, I woke her up, told her about it. I was young and um, she blew them out. And then like, kind of like talked to me, like that was the spirit telling, like woke us up, made sure we were safe. Like she talked to some family member and I was like, okay, like, whatever, you know? But um, I used to tell her all the time when I was a kid, she used to work at this hotel. Um, it was called the Atlantic Hotel in a small town that I live in, um, Berlin, Maryland. And um, it, it, was, it was a little bit old, kind of like uh, it was an old style hotel built in like the 1876 uh -huh. or something of that sort back uh -huh. in the day. And uh, I, would, uh, I would, you know, I was sick home from school, like first, second grade, and my mom just took me into work with her. So she'd be working downstairs in the restaurant and it was a hotel. So I could go up in one of the rooms, lie down, watch Scooby-Doo, whatever. And uh -huh. these times when like, I was like either sick, you know, and faking it, or I was just actually sick. I was kind of just laying down in bed, kind of sleeping and trying to like, gather my head in a way. Cause usually I had headaches and um, I always met this nurse. And when I met a nurse, it was like, it was a housekeeper like dressed dressed in the old style attire which i figured that's what they did it was kind of an old style hotel it's kind of what the housekeepers would dress like right. and i would talk to this woman she'd always be really nice it was like a, a an african woman and i would just be like yeah thank you and i never got her name 
And I remember I walked downstairs and as I was walking down the steps, I told my mom about this woman because my mom was always at the bottom of the steps to greet the people or bring them into the restaurant. And I told her, I was like, I just met this really nice woman upstairs. She was asking me if I needed anything, if I you know, needed anyone to talk to. And then I would say that my mom just looked at me like with a weird face, like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, what? And like, I didn't understand it until I got older. Like she was like, you were seeing some stuff. Like my mom believes in that stuff. I do too, a little bit when it comes to I'm open-minded to everything. Um, But she was like, there's no person that dresses in that attire here. We all dress in modern uniforms. We wear either like, it's like a black shirt, black pants, but there's no woman wearing a blue maid's dress or anything of this sort. You know, I was like, oh whatever. Okay. I thought she was just fooling around with me and kind of like looking back at people telling me their stories and stuff. I'm like, maybe I might've came in contact with something. Do I a hundred percent believe it? No, because I was a child and I've known, you know, kids are also known to have um, auditory hallucinations and like hallucinogens with their eyes when it comes to like sleep, seeing shadowy figures in the distance, like when you're sleeping in an all dark room or something. And I always try and people like, you have to be skeptical when it comes to these types of things, you know? I do believe that there are people who are more prone to see things than other people. I think there's, there's people who, you know, sensitivity, mediums, whatever you want to call it. Um, I feel like there are people that have a certain energy that attracts this more than others, because I, I have witnessed, I, I had another, um, instance, you know, just about six years ago. And this was a, a location that had been investigated. It was actually on Ghost Adventurers, um, where they came in and did an investigation and everything. And there were all kinds of documentation of things happening, but I was with the gentleman who um, had leased this property. And I started hearing a baby crying. And he said, and then he started hearing it and he said that he, in all of the times he had been in there and all of the voices and all of the experiences he had had, he said that was the first time that there was a baby crying. And in talking to other people, it was kind of felt that um, something about me being a mother attracted that particular spirit. Yeah, like a lost and, child. Yeah, and that's why I... I basically brought that spirit forward, not intentionally by any means, um, because I would never go seeking that. I'm not into Ouija boards and things like that. I think that's, you're kind of, um, you know, playing with some bad things. Even though they so, sell it in Toys R Us, you just- Yeah, well, you know, yeah. When every six-year-old wants a demon, hey. Well, um, if you want to know my experience on this, I've podcast with people that have these types of like psychic abilities and these types uh-huh. of things. Now, do I say that that's real? I don't know. But I can tell you that on my mom's side, my mom's 100% belief for it, only on the concept of, it's going to sound really, really far-fetched, but- um. My grandmom has been known to kind of apparently talk to spirits in a way. And my mom's like, she's, there was a a girl that went missing around the time I was 12 years old. um, And she was all over the news and my mom had a dream about her. And my dad's not any type of like person that believes in any of this type of stuff. Um, So watching him like 
talk to my mom and then my, my mom being like, I need you to call this location in um, and to the cops and say it's anonymous and then hang up. And my dad was like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm just going to do it so you'll shut up. So my dad did it and they found the girl. And my mom wow. was like, my mom was like, I had a dream. And she told me that's where her body was to help her parents find her body. And I heard that. And I was like, what? Like, is this some type of like, you watch a lot of ghost whisperer. Like, I know you're in uh -huh. a belief in that show. And she was like, there's a lot you don't understand. And I used to get deja vu a lot. It's very common with children. It stops usually at a, at a, a, a an age, but it, tend to link to psychic ability when it comes to clairvoyance and these types of things that help you see kind of a prediction into the future, usually of things that are, are meant to be a danger or meant to be a glimpse of something you might need to avoid. And right. I still was getting them even at the age I'm at now, I'll get them kind of on occasion. And um, she, she kind of talked to me, uh, I feel it was like almost a year ago about it. And this is where I was like, I don't know what to believe. Like, this is why I tried. She knows I'm a skeptic on a lot of things. Like I try and be as open-minded as possible and not to like, people are going to hear this and be like, Oh, well you're just crazy. I'm like, no, I, I definitely think there's some stuff you can't explain. I always chalk it up to the theory that it's like a radio frequency. Like there's channels on a radio. I believe some people are in tune to a different channel, whether they're just in more of a connection, like empath. That's what my, right. that's what my mom calls me. She says, you're, mm -hmm. you're an empath, which is really, really apparently weird. Cause if you're an empath and you're a guy, it's very, very a rare trait. Cause it's seen as more of a feminine thing. It, 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 yes, it is. So immediately she tells me that I told her, I was like, what you call me a chick? Like, you know, joking around, <laughs> but like, I bring into the concept of like, she talked to the guy that developed the show Ghost Whisperer, who's in a hundred percent belief of all these types of things. And he actually has wrote books on it. Mm -hmm. um, and before my mom could even like, he talked, she talked to him, met him in person and was like, I want to ask you a question about my son. And before she even said my like name, um, the guy goes, is his name Robbie? And my mom's like, yeah, how'd you know? And he goes, he's going to be a powerful psychic one day. And now my mom told me that I'm like, what am I going to be like a superhero, like a ex mutant, like all this type <laughs> of joking around stuff. But it really hit me on the concept of, uh, I had this really crazy ass dream where I saw this dude laying near a ravine you know, like a canal type thing. And I was mm -hmm. like, like, it woke me up and I was like, Oh, Whoa. Like, that's fucking, that's one that hits the books. And I walk downstairs and I'm like, I just had this weird ass dream about this dude that was like, and I gave a description. I didn't know his name, didn't know anything about him. I would just give a description. And my mom's like, do me one favor. She pulls up a picture on her phone. Is this the guy? I said, yeah, that's the dude. She goes, he's missing right now. Can you tell me exactly where you saw this? And I said, I don't know. It was near a channel near a canal. I don't know. I can't, I could not tell you. She's like, I need you to try very hard. And I was like, man, I'm trying to eat my fucking raisin bran right now. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know. There's water. It's not like a giant lake or thing, but it's like a little canal, like a little, like if you were going to fall in a gutter and there was a, like a, a severe flood in the gutter and she goes, okay, thank you. And I said that. And then not even like a couple of days later, they found the guy. And I was like, <sighs> And was he in? He was yeah. He in the was it, yeah. 
like that's a, Mars, a Mars type thing. And I, I said that, and, and she was like, you don't, you're not going to understand it, especially you don't believe in it, you know, but, you know, there's something, it skipped a generation when it came to your brother, but I think you hit it pretty on the nail on the head. Because she talks about, like, there's a reason why you get up at one o'clock in the morning. There's a reason why you go to the grocery store at five o'clock in the morning. It's not because you're insane. It's because you don't function around normal people. And I said, what is that supposed to mean? Like, I'm just a weirdo? And she goes, no. She goes, you get energies from people. And yeah. sadly, the dominant energy that gets displayed in society nowadays is negative. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a fake thing. She goes, that's why you're really good at reading people. And I was like, what do, you, what do you mean by that? She goes, you could tell someone's true intentions just by walking by them. And I was like, is this the movie Unbreakable? Am I, <laughs> am I, am I, am I Bruce Willis? And she goes, no. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, but that's a thing. It's known as empathy. It's a connection to the energies around you. And I started hearing that. I'm like, okay. And then I, I talked to my cousin who's studied everything in philosophy, read every single religious book, the Quran, all that type of stuff. And he, he says, it's, it's, there's a link somewhere in a connection with people where it's just, you, like for me, I chalk it up to the experience of when someone has a bad or a wet towel personality, you know, when they have that wet towel personality, they're like, Hey, how's your day going? And they're just like, um, it's okay. But you know, like this bland attitude. An energy vampire. Yeah. We're literally afterwards. You're like, ah, I, I don't know what to do right now. I'm I was so a good mood until I talked to you. Type thing. <laughs> and it's like, you find out about that and I took psychology classes so I'm fascinated with how the brain works now I would watch one of these things in the morning and being what she considers an empath I would immediately watch this at five o'clock in the morning watch some kid struggle with some disease he doesn't understand like schizophrenia and I would immediately be thrown into a mood for the rest of the day where I was like I'm just gonna crawl in the bed nobody talk to me and she was like, you can't, you gotta, you gotta try and block out that stuff. You gotta learn to cope with it. And I'm like, it's so damn difficult when I can literally sense my fucking neighbor that's sleeping in his house, if he's having a bad day or not, not even by talking to him, just by fucking be sitting here. And uh -huh. I'm like, this is why I'm, a, I'm an insomniac. Like I like being up at odd hours. And I started finding that with people I started podcasting with that belief in psychic abilities. You know, one woman told me that, um, she does, she delivers newspapers and she talks about how, like, she believes it a hundred percent on the concept. Like she believes that everyone has this ability, but it lies dormant inside of them. Um, she believes that it just takes certain people to tap into it. She says more people are of, of, like kind of oblivious of it, you know, whether it takes an experience or some type of thing to kind of awaken it out of them. But she thinks it was going to be like more and more people nowadays are going to come out with this ability because of the sense of um, kind of, I don't know, it was some type of disconnect. And I told her, I was like, you're also in belief of these stuff and you surround yourself with individuals that have these types of reported abilities. So that would make it seem like more people are going to be the dominant. But I think like I chalk it up to a radio frequency. We're on some different uh -huh. levels. Some people see some shit. There's a thing known like people can see on a spiritual plane, you know, there's things that are known as like a person can see like music can see it like the actual vibrations in the air. Like right uh -huh. now, as I'm talking to you, there's a signal coming from my cell phone beaming up into the sky. Okay. Right. It's invisible. So if I held my hand over top of my phone, 
the signal is going through my hand right now up into the sky. I can't see that. It's on a whole nother level. That's what I'm saying. There's people that can see onto that other fucking level. Yeah, I think there's definitely um, people who also, you know, let's say, okay, we have uh, right in my backyard is the Crescent Hotel, which is one of the most haunted hotels in the United States. It's literally like a 40 minute drive from my house. And I know a lot of people all through my life going there. And there are some people that whether they have any, any psychic ability, we'll just call it that, or any empathic ability or whatever, they go there because they, they're, they're psyched up. They want to feel something. They want to hear something. And so, of course, they do. But I also know people who are skeptics who are like, nah, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. This is all BS and everything. And they go through and they have experiences. So you've got two extremes, people who want to have an experience and people who don't want to have an experience. And yet they're both having experiences. So there's got to be something to that. You know like, what I mean? Throughout history, we had stuff like the Salem witch trials, and there's things known uh -huh. as Wiccans, warlocks, whatever you want to call them. And I, I chalk it up to the idea like mysticism, conjuration, all these types of old school witchcraft type things. This has been known throughout history as something that, you know, this isn't new. This isn't something like, uh, Alexa, you know, all this type of stuff. Like, this isn't, this isn't new information being processed. This is old school folklore type ancient history type stuff that's been known, you know, wizards, all this type of thing. It's not something off World of Warcraft. It's, it's something that's been throughout our history and has been known. Whether it's been seen as a ploy, like the Salem witch trials, a lot of those people weren't witches, obviously. I think it was right. an easy way for the husband just to get rid of somebody that was nagging. Um, but, like, you hear stuff of this sort. It's like, is it off? Or maybe it's the storyteller effect. The fact that, like, maybe Jesus didn't walk on water. Maybe he was standing in a shallow bit of water. You know what I mean? You have to take, take, it, take it in strides. Take it in understanding. Maybe realize that it's been told for so long and kind of been crafted in a new way that it's not what it is being told to you now. It's probably something a little bit less, but it still could have been real. Don't you find it interesting that even with today's technology um, and all the advances in science, that there's still so many things that we don't understand? Yeah, and not even the things that we don't understand. We're exploring space right now when we don't haven't even explored the full capacity of Earth. Not even Earth, we don't even know the full capacity to what our government's doing, and not even the government. What about our brain? There's so much we don't right. understand about it. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to have skeptics either way. I think, personally, I believe there is some, some truth to the paranormal. I think there are people who are more susceptible to that and, and not. Um, and I think people, I've seen people who have absolutely no belief in it, have experiences. And so you know that that's not um, something that they're just, building up in their brain, you know, that they're just kind of psyching themselves out. So of course they're seeing something. I think there's a lot too, a lot too paranormal activity. And like I said, I've had several experiences myself. Um, but you know, I like to do the, the fake stuff. 
but even in my haunted attraction, um, I have some Latin sayings. I have some Gaelic um, sayings in different places, and that's because it's a, it's a medieval themed castle um, haunted attraction. But if someone was to translate all of that, it's all positive, just because I don't want to bring that negativity. So um, some places you know, to an extent to try and create like real bad words and chants, like real yeah. old school type stuff without knowing the full replications of it. That's where you see a horror movie that takes like a twist turn. Everybody ends oh, up yeah. murdered. Oh yeah. So like, you know, like last year I had an area where I had a lot of um, Viking runes, you know, written on the walls and stuff. And it, and at first glance, it looks very ominous and, and, gives a kind of a creepy feeling of like is this kind of witchcraft or what is this but like i said if you if you look at each one of those and you translate it you know one that looks pretty scary actually means strength and another one means warrior and another one you know is health you know just because i don't want that bad juju <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people like they're afraid to talk about the bad stuff or they're either they're either a hundred percent distrusted of the bad stuff, like no, no Ouija boards, none of that stuff. That's bad, bad voodoo, uh -huh. bad witchcraft. Or they're the skeptical, like, I don't believe in that, and they go and do it and then something happens usually. But you know, everyone believes in good luck, but no one believes in bad luck a hundred percent. Oh, you've got to I mean if you believe in good that's, luck, that's you like gotta... not to get not to get too religious, but it's like the people who they believe in the devil, but at the, but they don't believe in God. You have to believe in one doesn't exist without the other. Yeah, there has to be that a makes good sense? and a bad. There has to be a good and a bad. There has to be a yin and a yang. Yeah, I, I, I it's really really strange to me how so many people would be like, oh, it's good luck if you find a four leaf clover, and I'm like, so wait, is un walking under a ladder bad luck? And they'll walk under a ladder and be like, I don't think so, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> but what's happening? You're believing the one good thing that's going to bring luck to your life, but you're not believing right. the, that there could be a repercussion in the opposite force way. Like it doesn't, it it, it doesn't compute to me because I'm like, if you believe in something, you have to believe in its opposite as well. I try and be an open-minded as possible. I mean, I, this is as much as I can do just with podcasting with people and understanding people's had different experiences through life that's got them to this point. You know what I mean? For me, I'm not able to go back to a haunted house, at least the one in my area that's pretty popular, only on the concept of I told the guy not to touch me and he touched me and I freaked the hell out, punched him. <laughs> you know it it wasn't it wasn't trying to be over dramatic it was like right. he was really screwing with me like taking my hat and throwing it and doing oh, wow. I'm like bro i'm not picking it up again i'm telling you i'm mm -hmm. gonna hit you and i usually just warn people if i'm going in a haunted house like you know i've had ex-girlfriends and friends that tell me like don't like oh, I'm not taking you to a haunted house again. I'm like, why? It's fun. And they're like, no, because it's you don't get scared. You just you're just you're, you're you just straight up tell people like I'm walking in here now. I'm gonna punch you in the face if you jump out at me. And it's like nobody wants to jump but, out at you. I'm like I can't help it. And here's the deal: if you know that you're gonna have that reaction, why go? I don't. I I don't know. Because that's not safe for you. That's not safe for the actors. I still like enjoying people get scared. I try well, not then to you need to be okay. Then what you need to do is become a scare actor. Nice. You need to go work in one and become a scare actor where you're doing the scaring. 
That's true. That's a good concept. I might think. Yeah, Movies, yeah, most I don't get scared, though. I don't get scared. I don't know what it is. Something like people say, I'm not scared of anything. You know what I'm scared of? I'm scared of a freaking bear. I'm scared of that shit. If nothing scares you in the haunt, why do you have that violent of a reaction to it? It's the whole jump scare thing, you know? <laughs> so it does scare you. It's not that it scares me. Like I, I'm, It startles I'm, you. That's just, that's semantics. Well, it's that's more like, <laughs> no, well, it's really weird with me. Um, I, I'm not trying to be a hypocrite here, but like, I'll walk and like, you know, I have people, like my family tries to scare me all the time and they get uh-huh. really freaked out at how I don't get scared. Like I've, I've gone to the movies, like a scary movie, Conjuring, all these types, whatever movies that people naturally get oh, scared yeah. in. And uh-huh. I'm sitting there in the theater, like, oh my God. <laughs> this is so stupid. And I'll look over and it's like my 24 year old brother. And he's like, like, like freaking shirt up to the face like this. And then like my mom's beside him, like they're like about to hold hands. I'm like, you guys fight all the fucking time. And this is like the most I've ever seen. you. Here's the thing. I consider myself doing a civic duty because getting scared is actually therapeutic. Going to a haunted attraction and being scared in a safe environment releases all kinds of endorphins and tension and everything else that's why for haunters like me hearing somebody scream and then immediately start laughing that is my fucking crack yeah if they're screaming and crying it's probably and you're finding attraction to that you might want to get a doctor to look at you mentally. yeah but but usually they you know they're screaming and then they're laughing immediately afterwards because because they're relieved. They're like, oh, that was funny. It's a safe environment. It's all the illusion of being injured or hurt or killed or whatever. Um, but, you know, you can tell because we have, you know, security cameras like most haunts do. And one of the things we watch is for people who are liter- who are going in there intentionally wanting to punch somebody. Oh, that's so, not me. I don't go in there like freaking you know, take the shirt yeah. off MMA style. I'm more like I'm walking and then some dude – I'm fine to a point. Like you can grab my arm, like that type mm-hmm. of stuff. Like I don't care about that. Like, you know, I walk by and huh, like that, that type of thing. I'm cool with that. I don't get scared at that. I just go, oh, hey, what's up or something like that. But yeah. um, the ones I've went to, at least I don't know if it's just because the, the people know me and like I went to school with them or something. Usually it's they're around yeah. the same age as me. They like – grab my shirt and like tug me like that and i'm like no 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 i'm i'm cool yeah see my haunt's a no touch haunt yeah i'm cool with that you know but there's this i watched this documentary on netflix it was about a group of people that um there's apparently this oh god there's this oh god what don't say it don't say it what don't fucking say it are you know you're gonna say mckamey manor aren't you i don't think so it's a, McKinney Manor where you have to sign a release and you have to go through a psych eval before you go in there and they punch you and make you eat your vomit and all that crap. No, there's that one I was going to talk about, but there's – Yeah, because don't talk about that one. There's oh, my gosh. There's one you have to go to um, – you get a ticket. It's in New Orleans. It's given by a guy in a purple mask. It's like a secret type of haunt festival thing where they intentionally scare you. And not not like intentionally, but I mean like they actually go out of their way to do some sick shit to you. And it's you gotta it's you gotta watch this stuff because oh my god, at the ending they it's the put, haunted well they put these people in like graves and stuff and they 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 filled it up. That's like okay, that's a little bit too far because you know some people there's been uh cases where there's been people that have been in 
um, a haunted house or thing and they have not been like viewed or profiled correctly. They just kind of got picked up off the street and they actually had something psychologically wrong with them. You know? Um, okay. So I'm going to, since we're on that, you know, of the extreme stuff, I, McKamey Manor is not a haunted attraction. And I wish people would quit saying that because McKamey Manor and those real extreme things where they're, you know, they're tying you up and you come out and you're bloodied and everything else. Okay, there's a market for that. Obviously, some people are into that shit. But um, those are not haunted attractions. And I wish people would stop lumping them in with haunted attractions because they are actually giving us a bad name. Yeah. Because people get that perception of, oh, that's what haunted houses are now. I'm not doing that. Yeah, well, people relate um, when it comes to, like, a scary movie or anything. Anything that brings fear is considered haunted or some type of, like, yeah. attraction. I'm like, no, sometimes it, you need that release. You need that tension. Like, you want to see your family member. Like, I always get a kick out of it looking over and seeing, like, my mom and my brother who, like, fight all the time and bicker. You know, we all bicker. But I'm like, I look over. I'm like, you guys are practically cuddling right now. Like, yeah. It, you know, and I see that and I'm like, I understand it. Like they try so hard to scare me. I'll walk in the house at like two o'clock in the morning and they'll like, someone will be hiding around the corner. Honestly, at this point, I'm like, whatever. Like I don't, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Like someone's going to come to my house and murder me, whatever, man, just go for it. Honestly, I'll try well, I have loved, on the way out. Yeah. I have loved haunted houses since I was 10 years old when I went to my first one, I was probably 10 or 11 and I love it. And it's almost sad that whenever I go to a haunted house, whenever I go out, you know, somewhere else and I go through a haunted attraction, I don't get scared because now I'm in the mindset of, oh, that's cool placement of that. Or what lighting did they use there? Oh, I like that actor. That was really cool. Or that costume, you know, I'm going through it as an analytical, you know, state of mind instead of getting scared. So I kind of miss that. Um, but there, there's all kinds of scientists behind it and, and everything else, but it is therapeutic to get scared. Yeah, it helps to release. release. Yeah. That, it's, right. like a, it's like a stress release. I had an experience when I was a kid. Um, there's a baseball stadium. They do like a haunting type thing at, they make the whole field like a, this giant maze type thing. And I was a little huh. kid and, um, I was like, I don't want to go in there. I, you know, I, I saw Chucky. Saw all that stuff. <laughs> you guys are sick. You had a Chucky doll in my room all that time, and I had no idea about this movie. And I ended up like <laughs> tossing it out. Like, all right, I don't love this thing anymore. And I, I, I had a bad experience because a dude had a prop of a chain, and he went to whip it, and he meant to hit beside me, and he actually hit me. And oh I was no! Little time, so it actually really, really hurt. So I ended up sitting out and I think what mainly gets me is the fact that I don't know, like, I know, understand, like people are joking and people are doing stuff like as an act, like to do that. But there's a point where it's like, sometimes it can get out of hand depending on how far you get into the role. Um, and dealing the psychological, like dealing with psychology studies and stuff and finding out a lot about like what makes people snap. I see more people snap on a basis now, like more people like out in the world, like they get upset, they take it out on the person beside them. Mm -hmm. And I always trying to bring in a realization and be like trying to understand it from their point of view. They're probably going with something. People don't cope with stress well, so they tend to take it out when they get overwhelmed. And I, 
things that really get me when it comes to being scared, the only time I would even call it being scared, it's just loud noises. Um, like when I go to a haunted house and some, and some, no, well, it's more like some dude has the chainsaw. Like I hear it, but when I'm walking past him and it's so loud, I'm like, like trying to cover my ears. It's not that I'm scared. It's like, it's, it's really, really hard on the ears. It's like when You're a kid, just annoyed. <laughs> yeah, it's like when a kid goes to the rock concert and he's got headphones in cause he's such a little kid. He's, his right. ears are still sensitive. That's what it's been like for me. Like some dude behind me with a chainsaw. I know the chainsaw doesn't have a blade on it, but it's like you're ripping it right in my ear, man. Like you mm-hmm. give it a break, you know what I mean? And I've had people like clench my, clench my hand, you know, like walk, try and walk me through a maze. I think the one I really got upset about was one I kept about, like bumping in the walls and shit because they had a strobe light at the end of the maze and you had to walk through this maze for like 25 minutes and you couldn't see a thing where you were going every sec. It was like, if you kept blinking your eyes mm-hmm. and that whole like darkness, it was like that, like trying to like, just try looking and then blinking every second. Like this, that whole thing, like you couldn't right. see where you were going. I kept bumping into walls and stuff to the point where I just stood still. And I was like, turn the lights off, turn it on, please. I need to get out of here on the concept of, I think I'm about to have a seizure. Like the whole time I kept thinking that like there's someone out there behind me that could just randomly like a little kid's walking in here. Right. And I'm like, that stuff has to be looked at too. Very, very appropriately too. Well, there is, there is a lot of um, industry movement to make haunts as safe as possible. Uh, because I mean, face it, if, if somebody goes to a haunt and they have a really bad experience, they're probably not going to go to another one. And they're going to make sure everyone knows what a crappy haunt it was. And yeah, stuff. you never write a but, good review on anything. It's but if bad. we, yeah, but if if you go to a good haunt and you have a great time, usually you're like, that was awesome. Let's go to another one. Yeah. We have in my area where I live, we have several haunted attractions, really great ones. And we, we work together. We cross promote each other's haunts. Um, we all are friends and everything. And we, we promote like, like, Hey, if you enjoyed this one, here's some others that you can go see this weekend if you want to. And a lot of people do, they make like a whole weekend out of, and they will go and see all the haunts in the area. Um, but we make sure, you know, that, that everyone is safe. We do safety training with our actors. We do character development to make sure that whatever they're doing is fits the theme, fits their character is safe you know and a good effective scare because we don't want anybody we don't want to have to call an ambulance or anyone we don't want the fire department to come and shut us down because we you know have things unsafe um so you know the for the most part haunts try to be be safe they try to keep um keep a really good show going without harming anybody and if anybody has a bad experience, you know, you need to talk to the owner about it and see, you know, what's going on. Yeah, I think a lot of, like, you're trying to rationalize and you're trying to open up people to enjoying haunted houses. And that's something right. people should experience. It's definitely something that's, you know, I've, I've been at a campground at Halloween. Halloween's one of my favorite times, only uh-huh. on the concept of, you know, first of all, trick-or-treating. My little cousin, um, well, actually my little nephew, I should say, uh, He's, you know, I bought a costume for him and it's uh-huh. months ago before, you know, Halloween's even close. And I'm like, he's going to be an egg and I'm going to be a chicken. And only oh, on the concept awesome. of, 
he has a leash that I'm going to put on him and he's going to run around with this suit that has no armholes, just flippers. <laughs> and I'm like, it's going to be awesome. Cause first of all, I'm going to get chicks. And if I don't get chicks, that's a chicken reference, but no, if I don't get chicks, I'm going to be able to get candy out of it. Like that's, that's what I see. Like I talked to some people who are parents, like my friends, parents, you you know, the best part about being a dad is I'm like, Oh yeah, man. Like you have a little you, man. It's pretty awesome. And he goes, no man, (laughs) Halloween, bro. It's time to trick or treat. I'm like, you're fucking 26 years old and you're still trick or treating. And they're like, dude, my kid just runs up there and it's like having a dog do shit for you. I'm like, that's terrible. He goes, man, you got to take your ins and your outs, man. I have to clean his diapers. He goes and gets me candy on Halloween. I I mean, some of my moments as a kid, I come home with a trash bag filled with candy. And the next thing I know, my parents are like, we need to pull out all the poison candy. And then recently, like not even a couple months ago, I figured out that that's all fake. Oh, of course. There's only been yeah, two uh, Reese's, Reese's peanut butter cups were definitely poisoned when my kids were little. They all had razor blades and needles in them. And so they were not allowed. <laughs> Reese's I always wondered, I was like, why am I stuck with all the old people candy in my bag? And they're like, oh, I'll buy you more. I never got any. I never got any more. I'm like, but now that's funny because that old people candy, the juji fruits, the gumdrops, that type of stuff, that's stuff I enjoy. Only on the concept of my grandfather used to take me to movie theaters. And after like, before the previews were even over with, I was done with my box of snow caps. Like I was done. I was like, dang, I just wasted my movie treat. I have nothing for right. us this movie. And he told me, next time, get the, get the Swedish fish. I'm like, Why? Yo, afterwards, I only went through a quarter of the box, the whole movie. That box lasted me like three days. I was picking those suckers out of my teeth, yo. He was like telling me, he was like, right? He goes, it's a treat that literally lasts all night. I'm like, it does, man. It does. How, I want to ask you, because you're, you're a younger generation. You're actually in my demographics, you know. Um, targeting me? Yes, I am. <laughs> but how do you feel about, have you heard about the petition? To move Halloween to the last Saturday of October. No, it's 31st. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, it's it's always been 31st. I don't. Why, why would you change it to the last Saturday? Because people are off work. Well, some people work weekends, so it's like. Here's the deal. Apparently, this came about because a bunch of parents were like, "We work during the week, so if Halloween is like on a Thursday, like it is this year." And we, you know, it makes it difficult for us to take our kids trick-or-treating and blah, blah, blah. But yes, I think no matter what, it's always going to be the 31st. You can't move Christmas to the last Saturday of December. You know, you, it's not, it's not something out of convenience. It's the day is the day is the day. Look, I'm a big fan of Fear Fest when it comes on AMC. Um, I'm oh, 100% yeah. for that. Some of the movies, I'm like, all right. Let's, let's give it give a rest, okay? You don't need to make Michael Myers 9. I don't care if you go back in time and it's supposed to be a spinoff <laughs> of the first one. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. What I like about it, you know, I've watched Jaws in a pool on a projection screen at night on Halloween. Yes, I'm that, I'm that insane. Um, and I tell you, I freaked out. I thought I'm sitting in this pool, no lights, no lights on outside, just a projection screen. You start hearing, dun, dun, 
dun, dun, dun. You're sitting there like, I need to get out of the water. What am I doing? I've made bad life decisions. I need to think I would back. have hired someone and put them in a scuba suit to swim underneath everybody and reach up. You're sick. You are yes. sick. Thank you. Those, Thank are the, you. those are the best people for haunted houses, man. Because nowadays you don't see any good ones anymore. They're all really, really, really cheesy. At least well, in my area, they became such mainstream. We're like, come ride the haunted attraction. I'm like, bruh, it's July. I'm not even close to that time of theme where I want to be scared at all or I want to even get in that mindset. The best part about October and having um, Halloween set out for that time is the whole concept of it's in the weather. It's in the air. You know, yes. it's this yeah. brisk vibe. It's not exactly winter, but it's not exactly summer either. It's this right. type where the, the leaves are changing. They're all starting to turn from their greens to their oranges and browns. The most so beautiful uh -huh. time, I think. And oh, me too. the whole concept of, um, you know, Halloween was on the basis of a religious story. Like the concept of, you know, you can talk about like spirits coming to your house if you didn't have a pumpkin set out to warn them to stay off your property. Or you talk about to the old Irish folklore of a, of a guy named St. Patrick or not yeah it was Salwin. what's his name Sam, some people call it sam name but it's actually pronounced Salwin. well um yeah that guy that ran the devil up the tree and carved that thing in there and he told him this whatever and made him haunt or did some type of stuff like like you hear those types of stories that's mm -hmm. the stuff i find interest in like the mystery behind the the the, the theme you know the mystery behind the horror you know, a lot of people, like, they chalk up Scooby-Doo, like, oh, you know, it always shows it's always a person under the mask. I'm like, <laughs> it's cool, though. Like, you see a good – I haven't seen any really, really good scary movies anymore that don't focus on the same concept nowadays. It's hard to find an original. Netflix actually just – they posted something on Facebook recently about um, – they've come to the conclusion that there are so many scary movies on Netflix that are – not watched all the way through it's because they're too scary and people can't fit them finish them and i'm like no it's because they're shit they <laughs> i get into it about 30 minutes and i'm like this isn't scary this is crap and i shut it off yeah but, um, it's i think it's the whole concept of everything's based around jump scares now there's a really really fascinating game called five nights at freddy's i don't know if you've ever heard of it it's a computer game, but it's like the computer game Slender Man. Have you ever heard of that one? I have, yeah. Where you're supposed to collect pages, and each page uh -huh. is supposed to be some guy that comes out of the woods and just chases you. It's all in the concept that they play really loud noises and really kind of like you turn around, bam, it's right there in front of you. Like, oh, God. You know, nothing like it, it creates the, the mystery of getting scared. Like, when is it going to happen? That ever knowing, like, you know it's going to happen, but you don't know when it's going to happen. Yeah. I liked ones that created a good story behind it. Okay, so let me tell you this. I have no zombies in my haunted attraction. I have no chainsaws in my haunted attraction. I have no clowns in my haunted attraction. And that's what's in 90% of haunted attractions, right? That's because Banshee Manor is very story driven. I have a whole backstory. It's very themed. And so basically whenever you're going through Banshee Manor, you are going through an entire story. You are meeting these characters and you, you know, you learn about this at the first. 
So you're kind of prepared for what's going on. And then as you go through the haunted attraction, you're encountering all of this. I give you credit for that because it takes a lot, like a lot of people when it comes to horror literature, people that find books like reading fascination about it. I'm like, uh-huh. you create an experience that puts someone in the story. It changes their whole thinking and feeling that they get towards it. A lot of times nowadays, haunted houses and things they just shoveled the same mainstream stuff in your face like oh zombies is halloween no zombies is about getting not zombies is about it's netflix <laughs> now it's about the walking dead you know it's right. the same concept over and over and over again and to the right. point where no one watches it anymore you right. have to make it inventive in your own way you have to craft it your own to make it truly something that somebody remembers mm-hmm. like i said we've got okay so i live in arkansas And in the state of Arkansas, we have registered about 32 haunted attractions. Out of those 32, seven of the top 10 are in Northwest Arkansas, where I live. So I, whenever I started, um, whenever I became a professional haunt and everything, I needed something that was different. I needed something that was not offered anywhere else. And that's how I came up with the concept of Banshee Manor and the backstory and everything. Because I'm not the biggest haunt. I have, you know, smaller area than everyone else, um, size-wise. So I had to offer them something that no, they couldn't get anywhere else. And this will be our fourth year as professional. And it's growing by leaps and bounds every year. And I love that. And people, I mean, there's people who will say, no, you're not the scariest haunt, but it was so awesome. It was fun. It was different. It's a way for the family to connect. You know, that's how memories are born. Um, you know, some of the best moments of my life were trick-or-treating with my family. Just, you know, even though they were just sitting around kind of collecting the candy and stuff, but it was like me going up to the house, you know, trick-or-treat. Mm-hmm. That was a connection, you know, that taught you how to talk to people, that taught you how to, like, use your manners. You say please and thank you. You say these uh-huh. types of things when you get something, you know what I mean? Someone, right. And I, I like doing that, too. I like sitting out. Like, we're not allowed to do trick-or-treating in our neighborhood, at least the community I'm in. You're not allowed to do it in this area um, just because there's a lot of older people that don't really like kids walking up to their house. Oh, good grief. So we have to go somewhere else. But I'm like sitting on a doorstep, handing out candy to kids, you know, and then like being a kid myself and knowing what that was like, you hope that you got like the best treats possible. And we all knew the houses to hit. We knew which ones left the candy bowl out there and told you to take one. You (laughs) dumped that bowl in there. And, um, you know, it was, it was always cool because you knew the houses to stay away from that would give you like floss or something. But it was like, it's interesting because nowadays I look back at that and I'm like, I should have went up to those houses a little bit more too. Because like sitting on a doorstep and just being able to kind of like people come up, be like, nice costume, man. And be like, kind of give them like a compliment. It's, it's a big ego boost for the kid too. You know what I mean? Right. Like sometimes right. a kid that's bullied might only feel like the only time he can ever truly feel comfortable is when he's wearing a costume or something. And I try and relate that to that experience. And a lot of people don't understand that. And I have buddies of mine that are my age that are like, what are you talking about, dude? He's a loser. I'm like, no, man, he's, he's going through some stuff. And he, this is one day he can truly feel free right now. You know, it's the people that dress up to Comic-Con and stuff. And they're around like-minded individuals, you know, they're not weird. 
they just they have a they have something they're truly inspired and want to do and want to be like and they choose to model themselves after that so why am i going to judge them on the basis of that i have seen i mean i've got actors who are very quiet um and hardly say anything to anybody because they're very introvert but once you get them in costume and makeup and you put them you know in their scene and they totally become another person and to them it's very liberating it's very freeing because they suddenly feel like they can let emotions and frustrations and and it's okay if you scream at people and it's okay if you say you're ugly i'm going to kill you, you know? <laughs> because it's totally acceptable in a haunted attraction and someone, someone screamed that you know like, i know i am just do it <laughs> um i had you know an actor um i was speaking with him today and he said something about you know i, I know i'm kind of a weirdo and i was like that's okay i love weirdos yeah i, I i'll take a weirdo any day i i'll ta i'll take a weird person over a dishonest person any day you know what i mean and it's oh, yeah. like what the what the norm is nowadays there's not really any weird interesting people anymore it's all you know, we're all just playing a cover. We're all wearing a mask, but that mask is to act like Jim that works the nine to five. And I'm, right. that's why I started this podcast. Like we all, every single one of us has something unique about us that we feel like nobody is going to find interesting. And I'm telling you, there's someone out there like me. There's someone out there like you. There's someone out there with anybody out there through all the podcasts I've done and through the ones I still have to do. Uh -huh. And that's not even saying have to do, it's want to do. We all have something out there that someone's going to read and be like, that sounds interesting. And they're going to listen to it and be like, wow, that person has a really, it's going to, it's going to help them discover things about themselves. And I'm like, if I can do that, whether I lose sleep over it or not, I'm going to try and get as many as I possibly can and have these wonderful conversations with these interesting people. Cause all I'm doing is expanding my knowledge. Yeah. Well, you know, okay. I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I'm 54 years old. I have two grown children, two granddaughters. Um, got divorced um, a little over two years ago. And I mean, basically I was, I was working on the haunt, but that was about it, you know, and, and had just gone pro whenever I got divorced. But I had had all these dreams when I was a kid of, I loved haunted houses. I thought it'd be cool to work or own in a haunted house. I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a singer. And then whenever you grow up and you get married and you have kids, all of that just kind of gets set aside. And basically, I feel like now at 54, I'm living my dream. I am a published writer because I have an audio drama that I created and co-wrote. I'm an actor because I acted in that. I acted in The Haunt. I also act for a local uh, mystery theater improv group. Um, I own my own business and it's a pretty awesome business, you know, being a haunted attraction. Um, you know, and I've, I've had people say, you're not a typical 54 year old woman. No, I'm not. Thank you very much. Because I don't want to, the thought of, of spending the rest of, you know, the next 20 or 25 years, however many years I've got left of knitting booties and petting you know <laughs> petting a cat and you know making casseroles you know just you know 
Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, I'm playing. I'm playing with with people who are your age, you know, in their twenties, um, in their thirties, and we get along and we have a great time and we have great respect, and and they're keeping me young, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot of fun. So, you know, if I say anything in this podcast that anybody can take somewhere and do something with is don't give up on your dreams. You may have to alter that dream because I'm not on Broadway. I don't have a record deal with Nashville. I am not getting an Oscar, but I'm acting, I'm singing, I'm writing, I'm doing my dream just on a different scale. So don't give up on your dream. Just scale it to how you can still do it. And does that make sense? It does 100%. To each is their own. And I think as long as you're truly not hurting anybody, you should do whatever you want to do and whatever you feel like is meant for you. Because you're, you're different than anybody. You can't take anybody else's advice. You can only take your right. own. They can help you and maybe point you in the direction but mm -hmm. you have to do what you feel like is right in your heart. You know what I mean? You know, truly be who you're meant to be. Um, I want right. to give you here a minute at the end to kind of plug your podcast and also plug your stuff where people can find you at and be able to look up your awesome content. Okay. Um, well, uh, if you're in the Northwest Arkansas area, you know, the haunted house is Banshee Manor Haunted Attraction. Um, but mostly go check out the, the audio drama. It is buying ghost um audio drama it's available on itunes um stitcher um anywhere where you can find podcasts that's where it is or you can go to banshee and we have a link to it on there it's um it's a fun story we it's a limited uh, episode um we're in episode eight there's only 10 episodes so it's a, a limited story and it's just, it's a lot of fun and um, it's all local actors. All of the actors with the exception of two are actual actors in my haunted attraction. Um, but it's, it's like listening to a little movie in your mind and it's a lot of fun. And I hope you guys will check it out and uh, share some comments. We've got a Facebook page called Buying Ghost Audio Drama. And then also the, um, wherever you listen, you can leave comments and, and reviews and stuff. And we appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode of Out of the Blank thank Podcast. You. And stay tuned for our next episode.